This psalm today is a little different. Uh, the writer is not necessarily David, and uh, it could have been, but it's not necessarily him. Uh, I looked in a bunch of different areas and a bunch of different books, and there's four or five different guys that could have wrote this psalm. But to me, it's a, it's a tremendous psalm. It really, it just... It just glorifies God, the whole, the whole 22 verses. Uh, we're going to look at it uh, a little differently. If you look at the title on your, on your outline, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And that's part of the psalm. That's uh, verse uh, 12. We're going to look at it, but we're not going to look at it so much as the nation, we're going to narrow it down a little bit as we go through this, and you'll, you'll see that as we go through. Let's read uh, Psalm 33. Let's read uh, so, uh, verses 10, 11, and 12, and then we'll get started. The Lord bringeth the, the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. This world we live in has really, this nation rather, let's just stick with the nation, has really turned from a religious nation, the way we started, to where we are today, we're really a secular nation as a whole. We are... Uh, the world kind, or the United States of America, has changed their thoughts and their standards, and that's evident by abortion, uh, by our schools, uh, by what goes on, uh, by the president we have today in the White House. It shows how drastically we have changed. They compare him a lot, and he's compared himself to Abraham Lincoln, which is really far-fetched. If you really study Abraham Lincoln and understand Lincoln's view on the Bible compared to this man's view on the Bible and the standards that he has. So our nation as a whole has really, really changed. Our nation, it's somewhere around this, is 300 million people. 300 million people. Now let me ask you this question according to the title of this. It says, the nation. How do we change three? hundred million people's attitude about Christ. Realistically. How do we do it? One at a time. But for us to think that we're going to go out tomorrow and we're going to change 300 million people in a very short period of time isn't very feasible, is it, Jason? No, no it's not. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So we've got to take this and we've got to change it, just to not changing the Bible, because the Bible's true, but our attitude about things. We can look at this and we can say, well, I can't change 300 million people. I can't change all the people across this United States. It's just, it, it's virtually impossible. So then we say, okay, I can change my state. So we can take the state of Michigan and we can say, I could change my state. Reality, is that very possible? No, not the whole state. Probably not. 
That'd be hard to do, just to do the state, for you to live long enough to change the state. I mean, that would be, take a long time. So then let's change this a little bit, and let's say, is it possible for us, in reality, to change the city that you live in? Now stop and think about it. Take Livonia, Canton, Redford, Garden City, Wayne, wherever it is you live, and think about it. Is that really, truly possible and feasible, Jason, for you to change Livonia? No, 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 I'm saying you now. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Really feasible, to be honest, it probably isn't, is it? All right, let's narrow it down a little bit. We said it's not really possible for the nation. It's not really possible for to change Michigan. It's not really possible for us to change. Now, we could have an effect, but to really change it, the city that we live in. Let's narrow it down. Now we're getting down to where we live. Is it possible for you to change your neighborhood? Now we're getting down to pretty close. You think of the people on your street. Say 15 blocks each way from your house. Could you make a change in that 15-block section? Yeah, that's, that's getting closer. That's getting closer. Better yet, let's say, can you change your house? Huh. Can you change yourself? See, it all goes down to the one thing. We've got to change us. It's, it's in us. We look at the vast picture out here and we say, I can't change the United States. I can't change Michigan. I can't change the city. I might be able to have a little bit of an impact on the neighborhood, but I can change my home. I can change me. My home can praise God. My home can so if we get down there and we start making that change, stand up for a minute. He gets saved. Come here. I need some people for this. This is his aunt. She lives in Maine. She doesn't live in Maine, but we'll say she does. He gets saved. He starts praising the Lord. He starts living for God. His life changes. He visits his aunt in Maine. He presents the gospel to his aunt in Maine. He goes back to Wayne, where he lives. His aunt stays in Maine, where she lives. She gets saved. She changes her house. Whoa, wait a minute. This could catch on real quick. Come here, preacher. <laughs> the preacher is her brother-in-law that lives in Hawaii. Yeah. See? All right. He goes to Maine. It's cold. It's nasty in Maine. He doesn't like Maine because it's cold. But he comes and visits, and she presents the gospel to him and his wife in Hawaii. He gets saved. His wife gets saved. Their lives are changed. They go to Hawaii. They go back home where it's nice and warm and sunny. He's happy. He goes there. He starts presenting the gospel to his family in Hawaii. Now, because he made the change in his life and wanted to live for God, told her, she told him how vast we can change this thing just by us doing what we should do. But it all goes back to our home, 
in our life. You guys can sit down. But it all goes back to there. And that's what it's talking about here. Dave, or David, I say David. David didn't write this, we said. But as we go through this psalm, it's about us rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in what God wants. Being where we should be. So we're going to kind of look at this as that. Not so much as the nation, changing the nation, but us changing us. Us being where we should be, what we should be doing to make a difference in the world that we live in. That we can make this change. I need some readers. Who wants to read for me today? Jason, I see that hand. Turn over. You read the first seven verses when we get to it right here in Psalms. Okay? Uh, Brother Bob, if you'll read 8 through 15 for me, the same Psalm. 33. Uh, Tracy, if you'll read 16 through 22 of the same psalm when we get to it, okay? Oh, it's a typo on there. That's my secretary's fault, but blame me for it. Okay, I need some other readers. Uh, Brother Ken, turn over to John 14, 6. Who else wants to read for me? Bart, I see that hand back there. Turn to 1 Samuel 15, 22. Who else wants to read for me? Uh, Brother Mark, turn to Hebrews uh, 11.3. I need one more. Sister Betty, turn to Romans 3.18. All right, let's start reading here, but let's keep this in mind of how we're changing and what we're going to change. Read for me, Jason, 1 through 7, please. All right, read for me eight through uh, whatever it was. Fifteen, yeah. Go ahead, Trace. There is no king saved by the multitude of hosts. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in pain. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. But thy mercy, O Lord, be upon isn't that a tremendous psalm? That, I mean, that's just, that's just a tremendous psalm if you look at it and you, and you take it all in and, and what, what's said here. Look in verse 9. It says, For his sake, for he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. There's some things in this world that God makes a statement that's not going to change. 
that no matter what happens, it's not going to change. We look at our world. What would happen to our world as it sets right now, our world, this earth that we live on, if the sun was to move 20 miles either way, further out or further in? Bad things, right? We'd freeze, we'd, we, we, could, we could burn up. Not a, very, not a very far thing. What happens if our moon was to move out of its orbit and move out another 20 miles, 30 miles? Bad things would happen. God set this thing. When we look at this and people say that God did not do this, I can't fathom that. If you look at the way all the planets line up, all the moons, all the, everything around it, it had to be put there by some great force. It wasn't a big bang theory. It just didn't, poof, it happened. I mean, for everything to be exactly where it's supposed to be, to do exactly what it does, because you move it one way or another a very few feet, and it could totally change us here on this earth. So God had to do it. God put things in order. Read for me over in John, who's got it? All right, hang on, Ken, right there, just for a second. Some things are not going to change. The Bible said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that what it said, Ken? What else does it say then after that? Okay, no man cometh unto the Father. That is not going to change. That does not change. No more than the sun rising and setting, it's not going to change. No matter what I say about it, no matter how much I say, the sun does not set in the west and rise in the east. Doesn't matter, does it? Where does the sun go? Sets in the west and rises in the east. No matter how much I say it's not going to, it's going to happen. No matter how much the world says, this is not going to be, God said it's a it's it, it set down just as much, if not more so, than that. God says you cannot come to him outside of him. It's just not going to happen. No matter what the world says, no matter what goes on, it's set down there. So for me to change my family, for me to change my life, I've got to take this scripture and I've got to apply it to me. I've got to apply it. I've got to say this is not going to change. No matter what the world says, no matter what's being said, no matter what the nation says, no matter what they say in Washington, no matter what, it's set down in stone. That's not going to change. You can sit down, Brother Ken, thank you. That's not going to change. Some things that, that will not change. The planets, what God put in motion, will not change today. Oh, someday it will, but not today. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. The Lord bringeth... To the council. Let me, let me go back up. The first thing is, is praise him. Rejoice in the Lord. And it says, let me back up. I'm a little bit ahead of myself. It says, comely. Ye, ye, o ye righteous, praise him. Comely un, up for his... Let me read it again. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteousness. O ye righteous. For praise is comely for the upright. That word comely means Beautiful. So it's, it's beautiful for us to praise him. Last Sunday, we got into a little bit of that, I think. I think some people got into that. They really saw and really felt the Lord move, and we praised him. It ought to be something we ought to do every time, all the time, every day, every day. 
all the time. We should. It shouldn't be something that we've got to build up, bring up. I know I've been in meetings, and I've, I've, I've seen men run. I've seen men jump pews. I've seen men do all kinds of things. But to me, a lot of it is made up. It's they're caught up in the moment. They're caught up in what goes on. To me, praise shouldn't be that way. Rejoicing in the Lord shouldn't be that way. It ought to come from my heart. I might sit and I might weep. I might not say anything. I might weep. Art might shout. Tracy's liable to get up, run the pews. I don't know. But it's not what you do physically. It's what you're doing spiritually. It's what we're doing spiritually. It's a beautiful thing, if we can say that, about rejoicing in the Lord. It's beautiful to God. God enjoys it. God wants us to do it. Let's drop down here in verse 10. The Lord bringeth to, to his counsel of the brethren to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. Things will not change. God says, I've set it in motion. It's not going to happen. No matter what we do, no matter how many trees we cut off this planet, no matter how many whales we kill, no matter how much ice melts in the, in the Arctic Circle, no matter what happens, this earth is not going to be destroyed. It's not going to be tore up. It's not going to go away till God comes and he takes his children out and then things are going to happen. But till that point, no matter what we do, God set this in order. It will not move. Just as God set in order for us to be soul winners and us to tell our family and for us to make a difference for him, that has not changed. From the very beginning, God said, this is what I want you to do. When he left here, he left us an order. You need to go do this. You need to go be a soul winner. There's certain things you need to do in your life. You need to live thus and such. You need to do this. You need to be a witness. That has not changed. The world says, that's a bunch of malarkey. It doesn't work anymore. You're not going to fill your church. It's not going to happen. They're liars. They're liars. God said that he will bless what we do. If he witnesses to her, she witnesses to him, they witness to their families, their families get saved, maybe not all of them, but they get saved, what's going to happen? It's going to make a difference. What are you doing? What are we doing? Where are we at? What's being done? What's being done? We must obey him. But then we got to believe him. Look at Psalms 33 verses 4 through 7. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He can't lie. It's, it's all done in truth. He loveth righteousness. Now look at that. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of God. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them. By the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in the storehouse. How precious is that to you? When we look at it and we say, the world says, Big Bang Theory. They say, this happened, that happened. No, 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 no. We need to go to our Bible and say, right here, see what the Bible says? And they say, no, it didn't happen that way. Say, yeah. The Bible says it. 
The Bible's true. Have scripture to back up what you believe. Why you believe it? Read for me 11, uh, Hebrews 11.3, please. We've got to take our faith and we've got to stand on what we believe. You know why the Jehovah Witnesses do such a great job? They stand on what they believe. They believe it and they stand on it. You know why we as Baptists don't? First of all, I really don't think a lot of us believe it 100%. And secondly, we don't know it. We don't know it. We say we believe this 1611. We say we stand on it, but we don't know it. We really don't know. We understand that there's parables and there's stories, and we understand what the preacher preaches. We understand that. But to set it down with somebody and take the Bible and go through the Bible and show them creation and give them biblical reasons why creation is where it is, we don't do it. And we say... We can't win our neighborhoods. We can't win our neighbors. We can't win our families. The reason why is we don't know it. We don't know it. The Bible's very plain about things. I was talking to a girl that we're working with in RU. She's 15 years old. She had some people talk to her this week at school, some girls, and they made a statement. They said, there is no God. And she kind of wanted to say something, and she said, yeah, there is. And they said, no. And she didn't know. She, she just, she doesn't know her Bible. She didn't know. So I gave her some tracks, and I said, this is what you need to do, and, and, and whatnot. And we kind of talked to her about it. I said, you're the only witness they've got there at that school, as far as you know. Those girls that you're talking to, if you don't present the gospel to them, and they don't get saved more than likely they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. And you are God's witness. Are you going to make a change? Are you going to be able to change what's going on? She might not change the whole school. She might not change the district. She might not change all the schools in Plymouth, but she might be able to make a change in those girls' life. Number three, fear of him. Look at verse eight. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Do you fear the, the Lord? Read for me Romans 3.18, please. Do you fear him? Not as, as, and I've talked about this before, not as being afraid. Do you reverence him and respect him? Do we? Do we really reverence and respect who God is? When people use his name in vain, do you stand up and say something? Or you just walk away and say, eh. I was watching uh, something, I don't remember what it was, where they redo these houses, uh, some makeover or something. Anyway, the people came into their new house, it was, a, it was an advertisement, and they kept saying, oh my G-O-D. Every breath. They were astonished about what they had, but they were taking my Savior, my, my God's name in vain. They were saying it. They didn't even realize it. That's what the world does. They don't fear him. There's no fear of God. If we feared him, 
we would worry about our family. If we really feared and really, 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 really feared him and reverenced him, we'd be very careful about what we say and we'd be very careful about talking to others about him. We'd go way out of our way to talk to others. Because one day it's set down in that book that the world is going to end. There's going to be a day that Christ is going to come. He's going to rule. And there's going to be a great right throne judgment. And at that judgment, those that were not found in the book of life, what's going to happen to them? They're going to be tossed in a lake of fire. So let me ask you, are you reaching your family? Let me ask you, are you reaching your home? Let me ask you, what are you doing in your life? It's set down. It's going to happen. Just as sure as you're sitting in that pew, breathing God's air, it's going to happen. The world says, well, it hasn't happened yet. It might not ever happen. Who knows? As sure as that, you go out of this life lost, lost, you'll go to hell. Just as sure. Look at uh, uh, verse 13. Seek his mercy, mercy of God. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of man. From the place of his inhabitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He, he fashioned their hearts alike. We're all the same. He considereth all their works, everything that goes on, he sees. There is no king saved by the multitude of hosts. A mighty man is not delivered by, such, by much strength. In other words, God says, I made everybody. I know each heart. Everybody that's sitting in here today, do you know my heart? No, I don't know your heart. I do not know what's going on in your heart right now. I don't know. God does. God knows every thought, every intent, everything God knows. So let me ask you this. You can't change the United States. You can't change Michigan. You can't change this. You can't change you, can't change you and possibly your family. Are you reaching them? You say, well, I'm doing all I can do. No, 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 no. Are you reaching them? Are you broken? Are you weeping? Are you shedding tears? Are you praying for? Are you doing everything you can do to reach them? That's the only way you're going to make a change. The only way. You're not going to change it any other way. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to. It's up to us. And you say, well, I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. I'm doing all I can do. No. God knows your heart. Don't raise your hand. But if you could raise your hand, would you raise your hand and say, I'm doing it. I'm on my face before God every day for my family. I'm on my face before God every day for him. Or have we kind of walked away from it and says, hmm, I don't have time. I'm busy. I'm busy. God says he knows our heart. 
It says seek. It says fear him. It says be in awe of him. Are we doing it? Are we doing what we should do? Do we have hope? Do we seek his mercy? Do we, do we desire him? Is it what we're doing? Do we stand in awe? The Bible says that they stood in awe of him. Are you in awe of God? Are you in awe of who he is and what he is? He holds you in his hand. Brother Rick's a pretty big guy. Brother Rick can't hold me in his hand. Brother Rick's a pretty big guy. He couldn't hold Arthur as small as Arthur is in his hand. Just think that. God holds us in his hand. He knows us. He knows our heart. He knows the desire of our heart. Is our desire of our heart to see our, our life changed? To see our family changed? Is that the desire of our heart? That's the desire of God's heart. God wants that. He wants us to want it. He wants us to desire it. He wants us to stand in awe of who he is and what he is and why he is. Then the last thing it says, love is appearing. Do we love his appearing? Let's look at verses uh, 18 through 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him and upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive from famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Where's your hope at? Is your hope in his appearing in him coming back? Do you, do you long for that? Do you get up in the morning and say, God, is today the day? Is today the day that you're going to come back? If we really thought today was the day that he was going to come back, we'll use that. Let me, let me change that. If we thought next Friday, this coming Friday, at four o'clock in the afternoon, God was coming back. He was coming back. We had assurance. We knew exactly. We knew the time. We knew everything about it. How much would that change your life between now and Friday at four o'clock? How much? How much would it change you? How do you know he's not? How do you know he's not coming back by 1030 this morning? How do you know he wasn't coming back yesterday when you had an opportunity to witness? Or Friday when you were with family and you didn't witness? Or Wednesday when you were with family and you didn't witness? Or maybe it's in your home and you and your wife and your children aren't right. Maybe something's wrong there and you haven't dealt with it and you're not dealing with it. And you're letting it go on and you're letting it happen and you're, you're not taking control of it. How do you know? We said, well, if I knew for sure, I know for sure he's coming back. I know, just as sure as I'm standing here today, Christ is coming back. And I know, just as sure as I'm standing here, Christ is coming back, that if they die outside of Jesus Christ, they will go to hell. 
I'm just as sure as that as I'm standing here. Then why are we not reaching our families? Why aren't we making a difference? This is a great psalm, and it's rejoicing in the Lord, and it talks about God's love and all that God's done. If we really, truly, honestly, with all our heart, believe what this psalm says, then why aren't we making a difference? Not in the United States, not in Michigan, not in our city, not on our street, but in our own home. Why? That's where it starts. That's where it starts. It starts you and me believing this word and wanting our relatives saved. That's where it starts. So let me ask you, what are you doing? Do you really believe it? Are you really sold out? Do you really understand? You say, well, my kids are grown. They're not in my home no more. Every week, Brian doesn't go to this church. You know Brian. Most of you know Brian, my son. He doesn't go to this church. He goes to another church. Every Monday morning, I go with Brian. We go to work. And I say, Brian, how was church today? He tells me. What did the preacher preach on today? He tells me. I said, how was Sunday school? He teaches a class. I said, how was Sunday school today? Good. He tells me what he teaches. Why? Because I'm nosy. I'm concerned. I know what this church preaches. I know what's taught here. I don't know what's taught over there. And if things aren't right, I'm going to say something to him. I want him to know. I don't want my grandkids raised in an area that, that don't believe God, that don't believe the Bible, that don't stand on anything. I'm concerned about that. Are you concerned? Maybe they're not in your home anymore. Do you talk to your kids? Well, I can't change them. God can, if you're concerned. If they know you care, are you concerned? Well, my son does this or my daughter does that and they don't live for God anymore and they're out in the world and, and they have their own life and I can't make a difference. They're 20 years old. They're 25 years old. They're 28 years old. They're 30 years old. Where are you going to start? Just because they're out of your home doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. Where are you going to start? If you don't care... Why should anybody else care? If your daughter is living a wretched, miserable life, and you say, well, there's nothing I can do about it, why should anybody else care? If your son, if your grandchildren aren't in church, if your grandchildren aren't being saved, and you say, well, but they live. He lived in Michigan, she lived in Maine, he lived in Hawaii. But because he cared, she got saved, he got saved. They made a difference. It's up to us. It's up to God's children. You and me. Do we care? Let's pray.